privilege to be here with you all. Um, and this afternoon, we're going to be uh, looking at the whole subject of generosity. Um, you've probably heard me speak about it before, but it is something that is really important for us as a church community. It's one of our key values, uh, and it informs how we both relate with God, with one another, and with the community around us. So it'll be really good to look at this. Let's just pray as we start. Lord, thank you for speaking to us in the time of worship. Thank you for your heart for us as a father. Thank you that you know us as your sons and daughters, and we're part of your family. Um, and thank you that you're a generous dad. And Lord, as we look at your word today, help us to understand more of your heart for generosity to be expressed in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. So generosity can be seen as the term of, of being kind and generous. So it's not just about an act, it's about a heart. So it's about our heart, and it can be linked with our material possessions, such as money. But it is much wider than that. It's about our time, our energy, our conversations. Generosity can impact our whole life. And that's what God wants to do um, in helping us to live our lives generously for the kingdom. So let's turn to Deuteronomy 15 and verse 10 to 11. Deuteronomy uh, verse 15 uh, and verse 10 to 11. I'm just going to read from the message translation, um, but following whatever translation you have. Um, says this, give freely and spontaneously. Don't have a stingy heart. The way you handle matters like this triggers God, your God's blessing in everything you do, all your work and ventures. There are always going to be poor and needy people among you. So I command you, always be generous, open purse and hands. Give to your neighbors in trouble, your poor and hurting neighbors. I love how it says about open purse, open hands. You might have a wallet, you might have a purse, you might do all your money on your phone, but God calls us to be open with how we use that. So I've got a little demonstration. Need a volunteer? Oh, straight up there, Shay. Well done. I think she might have seen this before. Right. So I've got a bit of money here, and uh, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to clench my fist. So no open hands here. Okay. Right. Try and get the money. Inside knowledge there. Come on. Try. Come on, Shay. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're not, you're not trying hard enough. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Right. So she's not got it. Clenched fist. All right, I'm going to hold the money now with an open hand. So I'm not like throwing it away. I'm still kind of looking after it, but uh, try and take it now. There you go. Sit down. Thank you for your time. You're blessed. That's for you. See, you should volunteer in meetings. <laughs> But um, a simple demonstration. But everybody, everybody clench their hand now. Everybody clench their hand. I've tried to think when I've been doing this preach, is there anything positive you can do when you clench your fist? There probably is. It's good to get your circulation going. When you go to give blood, they say to clench your fist, don't they? So that's a positive thing. It, gets, you know, it helps with your, when you're giving blood, doesn't it? But usually when we clench our fist, it's seen as a negative thing, isn't it? It causes a bit of stress and obviously it can be used for lots of negative things. And when we clench our fist, we're not open 
for God to use. It's very hard to use your hand with a clenched fist. But you open your hand and, you know, God can do anything through an open hand, an open heart, including how we are generous with what God has put in our lives. So a key question for us today is, what can I give in our generosity? As we develop and express generosity, that question is so important. What can I give? In the culture around us today, we hear so much about what can I get? Puts me at the center. What's in it for me? How do I benefit? How do I improve my life? And it puts me and my needs at the center. But the radical heart of the gospel is different. It says, what can I give? And this is really, really countercultural about giving, about expressing our heart, not just of our money, but of our time and our energy and our service and being able just to give to those in the church family and those in our communities and those in the world around us is at the heart of the gospel. Jesus said in Acts 20 verse 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Um, I didn't used to believe that when I was a kid. So at Christmas... You know, everybody's saying, my parents saying, it's, more, it's better to give than to receive. I just wanted to receive. I just wanted the presents. I just wanted everything there. And, uh, you know, on Christmas morning, I wanted to receive the presents. But as you grow up, hopefully we learn that it is actually more blessed to give than receive. It's nice to receive. We all love that. And we're going to look at later, actually, to give. We do need to receive from our Father. Um, but that heart to give is so important. How we deal with those in need can sometimes reflect our heart of generosity and how we deal with those around us. Uh, There was a great story a couple of years in the Manchester Evening News um, where a lady called Bethany MacDonald was was shopping um, in Lush um, in uh, in Manchester city centre and you can get like um, toiletries and cosmetics from there. Um, And in front of her, there was a lady called Gemma Evans and Gemma went to pay for uh, some shopping. It was at Christmas time. And she went to pay it, and it came to £43, and she handed over the card, um, and the card didn't work. Insufficient funds, she had no other cards, she had no other cash, so all the stuff had to be put back, um, and she went out of the shop. Now, Bethany was behind her, and Bethany thought, I could help her. So she paid for all the shopping, and, and the shop assistant went out, got Gemma, and gave her um, the shopping. Um, and they didn't actually um, meet at that point. So then Gemma went on Facebook to try and find out who had done this, um, and they eventually got reacquainted and, and met. Uh, and Bethany said this. You see, you probably see a picture of them. Bethany's on the left, Gemma's on the right. Uh, and Bethany says this, I'm a Christian, and to some this might sound corny, but Christmas time for me is about the great, biggest gift that God has ever given me, Jesus. Christmas is all about Jesus and spreading the kindness and love that he has to the world. I don't know a situation, but in that moment I thought, what's 43 pounds? I'm not rich, but I could pay it. And uh, that was in the Manchester Evening News. She paid it. Um, and the great sort of part of the story is Lush, the shop where it all happened, actually then gave Bethany a 50 pound voucher. So she paid 43 pounds for Gemma and she got fit such as seven pounds up. Um, God is no person's debtor. Um, and I think that's a great illustration. And Bethany's a Christian and goes to a church um, in East Manchester. But we face, there's always an opportunity for generosity, to bless those around us, to share with those in need. Jesus said, give as freely as you have received, Matthew 10, verse 8. 
And this is really important that as we freely receive from our Father, we're called to freely give. We're made to be channels of heaven's love, generosity, mercy, and grace. All that we've received was never meant to stay just in our lives. It was meant to flow to the world around us. And we can apply this in lots of different ways. The love that we've received, the forgiveness, the mercy, the grace, God's faithfulness. You know, if you own a car today or you're, you know, you've got wheels, that's not just for you. You know, it's there to meet your needs, but maybe to meet the needs of somebody else who needs a lift. If you've got a house or you've got a roof over your head, that house isn't just for you. It's to bless others and, and to care and to reach out to the lonely. So that which we've freely received, God wants us to freely give and to hold it with open hands so that we're looking after it and we're stewarding it, but we're ready to give some of that away, to share with those around us. So a question for us all is how can we allow the generous heart of God be ex- expressed through us this week? And how we use our money how we use our cars, our time, our homes, our energy, our service. And in many different ways as the Holy Spirit prompts and leads us. How can we individually be more generous? But how can we be more generous as a community? Great that um, some people in church this morning were out litter picking. That's a fantastic way of expressing God's generous heart to our community. Practical illustration of how we can do that. And there's so many more things that we can do and will want to do. So we are made in the image of our generous father, aren't we? God created us, male and female, fully equal, but we're different, but we're both created to represent God on this earth and to carry out his will and his way. That's the kingdom of God, to illustrate his plans and purposes. And one of the most famous verses in the Bible really shows the generous extent of our father. Let's turn to John 3 and verse 16. And when we get there, we'll have somebody read that, if that's all right. John chapter 3, verse 16. Probably well known to many of us, but let's not let the familiarity of it, you know, rob it of its power and its impact on what we're looking at today. Thanks, Avukin. So, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What an amazing passage. See, God is a giver, it's, it's who he is. He's the source and foundation. He gave his Son, he gives generously. Can't get more generous than giving your only Son. He gives from the heart, he gives from what matters to him. He chose his Son close to his heart. He gives sacrificially and willingly. He chose to give for the sake of the world, for the sake of humanity, that we would know his salvation and his transforming grace. And ultimately, his generosity has changed and is changing the world. So we're all here today because of the cross, because of Jesus. God's generosity changes the world. And he always gives with love. So it's not just a a transaction, He gives with love. There's so much we can learn about our giving through that. But God calls us to give from our heart, to give sacrificially, to give willingly, to give with love. But knowing that our giving can change the world. When the Holy Spirit gets hold of our generosity in his power and his grace, 
it can change the world. And it's fantastic to see how the impact of the cross impacts our lives. It's impacted thousands and millions and billions of people throughout history. And it will impact many people throughout all eternity. That's the impact of generosity. It can have lasting impact. It impacts his generations. So question for you all is, who is the most generous person other than Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, but who is the most generous person you know? Just think about that person. You have to say it out loud. Maybe a friend, maybe a work colleague, family member, or even someone you know um, in this room or in this church community or our wider church family. Just think of that person and thank God for them. Just, just thank God for who they are, their impact on your life. And just think as you thank God for them, what is it about them that you love? It may be how well they listen. Listening is one of the highest forms of generosity. How they use their money, their car, their hospitality, or how they just give their time and energy without being asked. Just thank God for them. And maybe as you thank God for them, just think about how you could maybe just encourage them this week by just you know, sending them a text, having a chat to them, writing them a letter, just thanking them for their example of generosity. It's really good to honor those in our lives who have set an example, who you're pursuing the kingdom with. It will really encourage them. I want to tell a story about generosity and how it's impacted my family, um, but also our church family. In Proverbs 13, verse 22, it says, A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Now, some people here do have grandchildren. Um, and it's an incredible thing to be able to leave an inheritance for your children's children. Proverbs 13, verse 22. My grandfather was called Ken White, and he was born um, to um, a family who made hats in Grimsby in East Yorkshire in the 1920s. Um, and he was about to study architecture when World War II started. Um, so he had to put that on hold for six years, and he went to serve, got conscripted, served in the, in the army, and he served in North Africa. And because he was good at drawing, they got him drawing military strategy and maps in the deserts of North Africa. When he came back from World War II, um, he married uh, my, my grandmother, Mary, uh, who died recently, and completed his studies in architecture. He qualified as an architect and went on to start his own practice in London, specialising in the conversion and modernisation of church buildings to make them more accessible for church communities and the wider communities. So particularly in the Anglican church, he got rid of pews, got rid of, glass do- um, got rid of dark, forbidding wooden doors, glass doors, put in like kitchen facilities, children facilities, basically meaning that the church could be used not just on a Sunday. Um, And in the 1950s and 60s, that was really, really radical. So he got a lot of criticism for it, but there are many churches around the UK that have benefited from his architectural skill. Um, And he wrote many books on this in his career. He sold his firm and retired in the early 1980s to West Yorkshire. He died in 1986. And my grandmother lived on for 30 years on her own until she died um, in 2015. So why do I tell this story? Well, my grandparents understood generosity. They were Christians, and they understood the power of that through generations. 
They had a child of their own, my dad, but they also then adopted two children as well. They served in their local church as volunteers for decades and gave generously whilst they were alive to their three children, their eight grandchildren and their 20 great-grandchildren. My grandfather never got to meet any of his great-grandchildren, but my grandmother got to meet uh, 20 of them. When my grandma died, all of her children, her grandchildren, and her great-grandchildren all received various amounts from their estate as an inheritance. Before that, my grandma had lived for 30 years on her own as a widow, but was always provided for because of what my grandfather had put in place and been generous for her to look after her. 30 years as a widow. Um, and then three children, eight grandchildren, 20 great-grandchildren received some sort of money from that estate. Obviously, then, we received some of that as a family. And Rachel and I decided when we got that to give some of that. It was at the time we were buying our second Homes of Hope in uh, Bagley, in Withenshaw. So we gave some of that inheritance to help, help buy that, that house for us as a church to use in Homes of Hope. And I know many other people in the room did that as well. And that house, um, three years on, now provides a home for four men who are experiencing and suffering from homelessness. I tell this story to, to honor my grandfather, but also to demonstrate how generosity um, is a legacy of love that carries on way beyond your own life and into eternity. My grandfather died in 1986. I was nine years old when he died. But 30 plus years on, his legacy is still having an impact for the kingdom down the road in Bagley in Withenshaw. Because of his generosity, because of his thought, because of him understanding that a good person leaves an inheritance for his children's children, you know, he is able to help the homeless in our city. You know, he died so many years ago, but his legacy lives on. And that is the wide-reaching, long-lasting, and eternal impact of kingdom generosity. It may not be money, because that always isn't an option for many families, but that legacy of love, that legacy of hospitality, that legacy of listen, listening can live on way beyond the years. So generosity isn't just for the here and now. It's for eternity. And it's for eternity to impact so many people's lives. So how do we plan for this kind of generosity for, to impact generations? We looked at Acts 20 verse 35 where it says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Let's turn to Titus 3 and verse 4 to 6. Titus chapter 3, and verse 4 to 6. It'd be great if somebody could read that again when they get there. Thank you, Emma. So such a key thing in understanding how we can be generous is to understand that Jesus has been generous to us as his children. As we worship today, we, we worship our, our identity and who we are in Christ. And he has poured out his love on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So first of all, we've got to establish that we're made 
generously in the image of our Father. And we've been saved by his wonderful, amazing, and generous grace. And from that foundation, we can then express that to the world around us. You know, when we're generous, we're making a kingdom investment um, in the world around us. We're conducting our affairs of a justice. Uh, in Psalm 112, verse 5, it says, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. So generosity is about the justice of God being spread around the world. Those who don't have receiving what they should have, being fed, being cared for, having a roof over their head. Okay, basic aspects of humanity are met through generosity. And we as a church should be and are at the forefront of that. But God has put in our hands, I believe, three things that we can be generous with. Our time, our treasures, and our talents. Time, treasure, and talents. And going back to the clench your fist, if you clench your fist with your time and say, I'm too busy, I can't do any more, um, you know, we all need to learn when to say yes and when to say no, but that heart to hold our diaries and our time with open hands and to let God speak through it, to breathe upon it is so important that we give time to those who maybe need a listening ear, um, who need some time, who need some serving, some, some energy, some some sharing of God's love. We've looked at our treasures, how we give of our tithes and offerings in the church family, and how we give wider of our money to those in need, how we give uh, of our investments, what God has given us, what we've freely received, how do we freely give that? And our talents, how do we hold those lightly before God? It's great to see Winnie, who shared her talent for writing a book. And we've benefited from that as a church community. And that's just one example out of many in this room of where people have brought a talent to share with others and we all receive. Um, That generosity honours God and allows his kingdom to be resourced and expanded for his glory through the church. The way that we give of our finances, we serve, we help those in need, that's what makes the kingdom and the church community tick. If there was no generosity, there'd be no church, there'd be no kingdom. In our own identity, and in our own life together as family. So it is so important. So what do you think are some of the blockages to generosity in our lives? We all probably feel the pressure in our time, you know, things to do, work to do, family to look after. Um, we feel the pressure in our treasures, you know, our money, our possessions. Um, that can be a real challenge. And in our talents, the biggest pressure we probably feel in our talents is just that lack of confidence to express what God has put in your hand. So we need to encourage each other with that. But Luther, 500 years ago, who was a key um, person during the Reformation, he, he said this about generosity and about our conversion. He said, it's often said that there is a need for three conversions, okay? So one of the heart, I put the hand on the heart, I think it's about there. Obviously I'm not a doctor, as you can tell. Um, one of the head, and then one of the wallet, if your wallet's in your pocket or in your bag, put your hand on that. And he said the last conversion of your wallet or your purse or your bank account is often the test of the authenticity of the first two. Now, he's making a, a, a hyperbolic point like Jesus did. He's making a, an extreme point to emphasize something. But what he's saying is until we submit our possessions, our money, to God, until he can rule in those areas, have we truly given our full heart 
and our head to him. And I believe that is right. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus often linked how we use our possessions with our heart for the kingdom. It's what he talked about the most. If you look at a survey of what Jesus talked about, he talked about possessions and business and commerce and money way, way more than any other subject. And he did that because he cares about our heart. And sometimes it's the last area that we bring under the lordship of Jesus. And it's not just a one-off thing that we do. It's something that we have to do day in, day out, as our circumstances change, as our income changes, um, as different pressures come upon us in our lives. We have to continually bring it to the foot of the cross and allow God to speak to us and to shape us to be his generous people, because that's who we are. So I just want to think about some steps we can take this week as we close. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 9, verse 11. Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 11, Paul, uh, speaking to the church in Corinth, he says this, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Um, God wants to bless us so that we can bless others. You know, that is God's heart. He wants to share his love, his his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness with us so that we can receive of that but then pass that on to others. Um, And there will always be an opportunity for generosity. We can always have a way of expressing that. You don't have to look far to find an opportunity for generosity, whether it's in a queue in Lush, like we saw earlier with Bethany and Gemma, when it's shopping or even closer to home in our church community, There is an opportunity for generosity. Somebody may need a lift home. They may need a meal. Um, They may need a listening ear. Somebody just to spend time with them and hear where they are at. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The great thing about responding to those needs is that it brings honor and glory to our Father. um, And it results in thanksgiving to God. And we can all get to celebrate with you, with that. It's a key part of our church community. So I believe we will all face opportunities this week for generosity. And my prayer is that we will just have an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying and be able to respond. Like I said, it may not be financial. It may be, you know, just your time, your energy, um, just your listening ear, as I've said. Um, But just allow God to speak through you. He does want to use all those things he's placed in our hands not with a clenched fist, but with an open hand. Let's just do that as we close. Open hands, open hearts to to share with the world um, and the church community around us. Final verse is in Proverbs 11, verse 24. And it says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. That's the message um, translation of Proverbs 11 verse 24. But there is that sense of if we have a heart and we hold things openly before God, God will give us opportunities to express that, to grow, to share with that. Um, but if we hold things to ourselves, if we're stingy, um, if, if we clench our fists, uh, the world that we're in may get smaller and smaller. So that's quite a challenging verse, um, but a great opportunity um, as well.
So I just believe that this value, if we can express it in our own lives, in our own families, in our church community, in this community in Longsight, and as King's Church in Greater Manchester and beyond, it will change the world. It will impact generations to come. The children that are in their sessions and their children, the people in the community, the people in this city will know the generous heart of our Father through me and through you. God has put something in your heart through your time, your treasure and talents to share with the world around us. Let's just pray as we finish. Lord, I thank you that you are a generous father, that you gave your son on the cross, that we may have life and knowing it's all its fullness, that we have received of your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy, your love, and of that which we've received freely, we want to share that with those in need around us. We want to share your heart of generosity through the way we use our money, our time, our treasures, our talents, all that you've placed in our hands. We want to use that for your glory and for your fame. Lord, help us all in the different situations we're all in this week, just to be able to express that to the world around us. And thank you, Lord, that that generosity can impact generations. Thank you, Lord, that there's a generation yet to be born that will benefit from our generosity, both here in this community in Longsight, in Greater Manchester and beyond. So help us to have that long view of the impact that we can have through our giving knowing that it is more blessed than, it's blessed to give than to receive. Just thank you for this wonderful church family. Thank you for the way they do already demonstrate generosity. And Lord, encourage us all in this journey. Encourage us all in this uh, area of discipleship so that we can bring more glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.